Let's get into God's word this morning. So last week, we talked right about how God can do all things, right? We looked at the story of Jesus healing the boy who had the impure spirit and, and looking at how Jesus, what did he say? He said, all things are possible to those who believe, right? Jesus made the comment, he said, all things are possible to those who believe. But he made that comment after the boy's father had said, if you can, take pity on us and help. And Jesus responded, if you can, right, as if to say, like, if I can heal this boy. And so last week we looked at that idea. We know that, that God can do all things, and we know that we are called to believe that God can do all things, and that according to his will and his perfect timing as he sees fit, um, God will, will do those things. So what I want to do now over the next three weeks is we're going to go into a series called He Speaks. And we're going to look at how to hear, understand, and discern God's voice in our lives. Because sometimes we have a hard time hearing or understanding or discerning God's voice in our lives. Because how many of you have ever said, I have a hard time hearing God's voice? Or maybe I don't know what God's voice sounds like. Or maybe I don't know what that voice I hear is. Is that God? Is that something else? And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to hope to answer those questions. So you can go, you know what? That that is God's voice, or that wasn't God's voice. Uh, and so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. When you were in elementary school, or, or even any time maybe as part of your job, did you ever have to take a hearing test, right? Everybody's had to take a hearing test, right? And one where you have to put the headphones on, and they're like, okay, when you hear a noise, raise your hand, right? You know, I think all of us have been there and done that. You know, I, I was in grade school, and the nurse was like, all right, put your headphones on. And there's the cassette player, and, you know, she starts hitting play, and, yeah, yeah, you know, she hits play, and as you hear the different tones, you put your hands up. And the goal of the test was to make sure that I didn't have any hearing loss, right? That's the whole goal of the test. Well, this morning, I want to give you a little bit of a different kind of hearing test. This is more about hearing recognition or, or, or understanding what the noise is that you're hearing. So I'm going to play a song, a sound, and a voice, and I want to see if you can identify where, what, or whom these, sound, these sounds belong to. So they're about 10 seconds long, except for the one is a little bit shorter. And just like with the grade school test, there's going to be the sound, and I want you to raise your hand if you can identify where, what, or who the song, sound, or voice belongs to, okay? All right. Todd, go ahead and hit the first one. Alright, what is it? Mario Brothers, right? Super Mario Brothers, right? So that was the first one, right? Super Mario Brothers. You recognize the sound, the song from it, right? Here's the next one. Go ahead, Todd. You can hit it one more time. It might not do it again. Do you hear that ding? What was that the ding of? A what? No. It was the ding of what each of us have in our pocket, right? A cell phone. It was the common cell phone ding. That one was hard because it was just one second long. I'll give you that one. The next one, I think most of you are going to get this one. Go ahead with the last one. The telescope. 
figure out who the voice is. From the tallest bell towers, he showed that this device could spot approaching ships hours before their sails were visible to Morgan Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman has probably one of the most uh, identifiable, distinct voices there are out there. That's why he does so many commercials and, and, and does so many voiceovers for different things, right? For many of us, the moment we hear it, we know exactly who it belongs to. We know exactly whose voice it is. I wonder if the same could be said for you with God's voice, right? Are you listening for his voice? Would you know his voice if you heard it? And if you heard God's voice, would you follow it? So we're going to be diving into those questions over the next couple weeks. As you know, we have a deep desire for you to walk in your relationship with Jesus. And here's the crazy thing. There's a direct correlation with hearing him and following him. Right? It's hard to follow something we don't hear. But if we hear something, we then have the opportunity to follow it. So this morning we're going to be diving into the Gospel of John. So if you'd like, you can feel free to turn in your Bible to the book of John. We're going to be looking at chapter 10. Otherwise, as always, you can feel free to follow along on the screen behind me. But here in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees or religious leaders, you could say at that time. And he's talking to them about shepherds and sheep and hearing voices. So here we go. Verse 1 of John chapter 10. Very truly I tell you, you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by way by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. What he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Right? So I think most of us understand what Jesus is talking about, the, the figure of speech that he's using here in this passage. But the people who are listening, the Pharisees he's talking to here, weren't listening. They didn't understand what he was saying here. Again, let's look at verse 6. It says, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Right? So just to make sure that everyone here this morning is on the same page, we're going to break it down. In the story, it says there's a shepherd who leads sheep by his voice. Looking at verses 3 and 4 again, it says, The sheep lead, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Right? The shepherd speaks to his sheep, the sheep listen, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. Right? So just to be clear here, Jesus is the shepherd in the story, and those who call themselves Christians, right, believers, we are the sheep. And he makes this very clear if you continue reading in verse 11, he mentions it. And again in verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Since the Pharisees weren't following along very well, Jesus went ahead and he spoke very plainly in what is going to serve as the main verse of this series, which is found in verse 27 of John chapter 10. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So over the next three weeks, that's going to be the main focus, the main verse 
we're going to continue to come back to. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I think it'd be great for all of us to commit this verse to memory. Right? It's not that long. It's not that many words. But it says a lot about the importance of listening to the voice of God. So let's get back to the question that I asked you earlier. Do you know his voice when you hear it? And I have a feeling that for some of you, maybe this question kind of scares you or maybe it freaks you out a little bit. Maybe you're even thinking, I'm pretty sure I've never heard God speak to me before. I know I've had a lot of people say, Pastor, I don't know if God has ever spoken to me. And I often say, no, I believe he has. Well, how do you think he has? And this morning we're going to look at five primary ways that I believe God speaks to us in ways that often we don't think of. Some of them we talk about, some of them we don't often think about. So if that's you today, if you're sitting there going, I don't know if he's ever spoken to me, or, or I, 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 I have a hard time hearing God's voice, we're going to talk about it this morning. You see, God is speaking all the time in many different ways. We know this because the Bible is full of different examples of how he's spoken to different people. We tend to only remember all the crazy and, and wild ways that he's spoken, while sometimes we forget the simpler, everyday ways we encounter his voice. As we look through scripture, here are five primary ways we see God speak to us, and I'm very confident that he's spoken to each of you in more than one of these ways. So here's the first of the five primary ways that God speaks to us. Number one, through his word. God speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. Seems simple, right? And even obvious at times, but yet often we can forget that God's word, the Bible, is what? God's word. He's speaking to us. So let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16, right? It says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We call it God's word for a reason. Right? Did you catch the first part of that verse? It says all scripture is what? God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. Literally meaning the words of the Bible are from the mouth of God. Right? We know that God did not physically write down the words of the Bible. Instead, he chose to, to write it down through individuals. God spoke through them, and they wrote down, penned down the words of the Bible. He gave the words to different authors, and they wrote them down. But every time we open up the Bible and read from it, we are reading from the Word of God. We are hearing from God. Amen. So for those of you who say, I'm pretty sure I've never heard the Word of God. I've got great news for you. If you've ever read a piece of Scripture, or since you're here this morning and we've already read a couple pieces of Scripture... You have heard from God before. Right. In fact, you've heard his voice from John chapter 10, from 2 Timothy, which we just read. And I'm sure before, as you've read through scripture, God speaks through the Bible. So the question then is, are you reading it? Are you spending time in scripture? Are you reading through? Are you asking God, what is it that you're trying to tell me through scripture? What is it that this passage is supposed to mean for me today? How does it apply to us? In our context today. So God speaks to us through scripture, through the Bible. Secondly, God can speak to us through people, through individuals. And there's two different ways, two different categories that we're going to look at this. God speaks to us through shepherds and through fellow sheep. Through shepherds and through fellow sheep. And shepherds, 
you may be going, well, who are shepherds when it speaks of people? Well, shepherds would be individuals like myself, a pastor, people who God has placed in positions of authority or God has called as leaders would be shepherds. Sometimes, you know, after service, right, I'll have people come up to me or they'll text me and they'll say, you know what, that message was exactly what I needed today. You know, it's like you were speaking right to me. And oftentimes they'll say back, you know, like, praise the Lord. I I'm glad, like, it, the Holy Spirit knew exactly what you needed today, right? I didn't know what you needed, but the Holy Spirit knew what you needed. Right. Or often I'll have people say, what was it that you said about a particular thing? And I'll go, you know what, I don't know. That was the Holy Spirit. It's not even in my notes. That was something that just came to me as I was preaching. So I, I honestly, I will have to listen to it. Because I can't tell you off the top of my mind what it was. But God will, will speak through me and then through others that God places around you in your life. God will speak through you, right? And so throughout Scripture, we read stories of individuals who God used to deliver messages to others. Right? Prophets, judges, priests, apostles, and elders are just a few examples that we can look at. In John chapter 10, Jesus refers to himself as what? As the good shepherd. But in other places, God refers to those in leadership roles as shepherds. God says this to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 3.15. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. So he'll place spiritual guides in your life or shepherds to help guide your life. The question is, are you listening to God's voice as he speaks through them? And the second group of people, as I said, sheep. God will speak through sheep, other people in your life. Have you ever been walking through a tough time or just feeling maybe a little bit dry and you receive that perfectly timed text or note or phone call or letter from someone and it was exactly what you needed to hear in that moment? Right? Someone who reached out to you and said, you know what? I don't even know what you're going through right now, but God just put it upon my heart to share this verse with you or, or, or to just give you a call and invite you over for coffee, you know? And it's just God speaking through one individual to another just saying, you know what? God has placed you on my heart and, I, and I'm here for whatever it is you need. I don't know what it is, but God has just given a friend that, that, that desire to reach out to another. Those are the type of situations where God speaks from one sheep to another sheep, from one individual to another. Right? So think about that for a second. If God can use others to speak to you, the opposite is also true. That God can use you to speak to other people. That just, it, that blows my mind sometimes, right? Because I know that it's true, it's happened. God has, has used me to speak to other people, and there's times I'm going, I'm not even, God, I'm not even deserving to be used by you. Right? Like, there are times I, I come up here and I preach, and I'm going, but God, why did you choose me? Right? Like, because God's going, because. Because I picked you out. I mean, no, you didn't call you to do this. Right? And there are times we feel weak, but God goes, what, what does he say? He says, in my weakness, I am made strong. Right? But it's especially for those who choose their words carefully, who speak honestly, who focus on hope or encouragement for others. That's how we can help each other. So we hear God's word through the Bible, and we can hear God's word through other people. What is another way that we can hear God's word? Number three, through our circumstances. When we look at the events that are unfolding around us, 
Sometimes we need to stop and ask, God, are you trying to tell me something right now? Right? Like, God, is there something that you're trying to teach me in this situation? You know, he, he, sometimes he can do this in different ways. Sometimes he throws a curveball at us that, choose, that causes us to just pause and go, wait, that's way different than anything I was thinking. I, I did not see that coming. And you have to sit and reevaluate and go, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing or not? Or another way is, is sometimes there's a, a person that keeps coming to mind or there's a thought or a topic that just continues to come to your mind over and over and over again. And I've heard some people call this a mega theme. Just something that continues to come to the forefront of your mind that you can't seem to get past. And recently there was a pastor I know who shared a story with me about this exact thing, a mega theme, something that he just couldn't stop thinking about. And I want to share that story with you as an example. So this is written in his words. I'm going to read it as if I was him this morning. So as many of you know, we adopted our oldest son from Uganda. I believe the circumstances that led us to Moses joining our family were God speaking to us through a mega theme. As we began praying about the potential of international adoptions, we were thinking about India. One night I watched and was deeply moved by a news story about the orphan situation in the continent of Africa, and the country of Uganda was the primary focus. I told my wife there was something about that news story that has me thinking we should consider Uganda for adoption. A couple days later, we had a conversation with a family who had adopted from India about their experience. At the end of the conversation, the adoptive father asked us, aren't you considering Uganda? I asked him why specifically there, and he said, I'm not sure. I thought you, I thought you or someone had mentioned that. The reality was that we hadn't talked to anyone about Uganda at that point. The big problem was that the organization we were planning to adopt from did not do adoptions in the country of Uganda, at least we thought. A couple days after the conversation with that family, we received promotional material in the mail from our adoption agency on the cover, looking for families willing to go on an adventure as we began an adoption program in Uganda. Our jaws dropped as we saw this. To clinch it, one of our major prayers as we chose to adopt a child was, Lord, don't allow us to settle for an easy route. If this is an adventure, it's an adventure worth taking. Boom. We were in. Right? That's, that's an example of a mega theme where something just continues to keep coming to the forefront. And someone who had no idea that they were beginning to think about Uganda comes into conversation and goes, Wait, you were thinking about adopting from Uganda, right? We've never mentioned it to you, right? But it, again, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God just bringing that affirmation and speaking through other people and bringing those situations together. Maybe the situation, the people or topics that you keep running into are more than just a mere coincidence. Maybe God is trying to say something to you through those circumstances. Now, how do you know if it's really God or just a coincidence? That can be difficult and sometimes tricky to understand. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. How to understand the difference between God's voice and sometimes the other things that we can hear. But for now, we still have two other ways to discuss how God speaks to us. The fourth one we're going to look at, impressions. And we could, we could, we could title this one different things. right? We could, we could say, that still small voice of God. God whispers. Still another we could say, our conscience. Just that, that feeling inside of us. 
Really, the bottom line is, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking to us, that nudging that takes place inside of us, that internal nudge or those burdens or those thoughts that we have inside of us that just cause us to stop and pause and think for a moment. Here's the key to understanding why these impressions are so important. Jesus made it very clear that once he departed from this earth, that he was going to leave behind the Holy Spirit, right? He promised this to the disciples in the book of John, in chapter 14, verse 26, we read, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then he went on in John 16 to explain that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, in verse 33, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Did you, you catch that? It says the Holy Spirit actually lives in us when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. Continuing on, if you read in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14, it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So if you're a believer, it says here the Holy Spirit has been deposited inside of you. That the Spirit is going to remind you and guide you towards Jesus. So maybe that random thought that you have, to go sit at the table with, with, with maybe the individual that's all by himself, or maybe that thought you have to go to a different restaurant than you originally planned to go to. Maybe it simply isn't just a random thought. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit nudging or, or, or trying to get you to go somewhere else because there's something there that He has for you to do at that time. Right? Maybe it's God speaking through you, the impressions of the Holy Spirit. So God speaks through His Word. He speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through impressions by way of the Holy Spirit. And finally, He speaks through visions and dreams. Now, this is the final one, and sometimes we don't talk about this one a lot, but God definitely talks about it. He spoke through the prophet Joel about the time after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and He said that He would speak to us in this way, right? In Joel 2.28, He said, And afterward, I will pour out My Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Right? I think you get the idea of what we mean by God speaking through a dream. But what do you mean by a vision? Visions can take up different forms. They can look different ways at different times. But oftentimes they're in the form of a specific vision or they're unfolding story that plays out in somebody's mind. Some people refer to them as a waking dream, right? Or maybe it's a daydream, right? Where you're, you're sitting there and, and, and you know, I, I, teachers, you're not going to want to hear, I daydreamed a lot in school, right? I, I had a lot of maybe visions in school, you know? Um, right? So many of you are, are familiar, though, with Salvation Army, right? The organization Salvation Army because of the thrift stores that they offer and much of the community outreach that they do and uh, they're a Christian organization that started in the late 1800s by a man named William Booth. Um, they do a lot of their work with the poor and have a deep desire to see people encounter Jesus. And much of their efforts are rooted in a vision that William Booth 
uh, had. And I want to read a little bit of his vision just to give you, and again, an example of what a vision can look like in a way that God can speak to us. This is his part of his vision. He said, I saw a dark and stormy ocean. Over it, the black clouds hung heavily. Through them, every now and then, vivid lightning flashed and loud thunder rolled, while the winds moaned and the waves rose and foamed, towered and broke, only to rise and foam, tower and break again. In that ocean, I thought I saw myriads of poor human beings plunging and floating, shouting and shrieking, cursing and struggling and drowning. And as they cursed and screamed, they rose and shrieked again, and then some sank to rise no more. And as I saw out of the dark, angry ocean, a mighty rock that rose up with its summit towering high above the black clouds that overhung the stormy sea. And all around the base of this giant rock, I saw a vast platform. Onto this platform, I saw with delight a number of the poor, struggling, drowning wretches continually climbing out of the angry ocean. And I saw that a few of those who were already safe on the platform were helping the poor creatures still in the angry waters to reach the place of safety. On looking more closely, I found a number of those who had been rescued, industriously working and scheming by ladders, ropes, boats, and other means more effectively to deliver the poor strugglers out of the sea. Here and there were some who actually jumped into the water regardless of the circumstances um, to their passion to rescue the parachute. And I hardly know which gladdened me the most. The sight of the poor drowning people climbing onto the rocks, reaching a place of safety, or the devotion and self-sacrifice of those who were being wrapped up in the effort of their deliverance. As I looked, I saw the occupants of the platform were quite a mixed company. That is, they were divided into different sets or classes, and they occupied themselves with different pleasures and employments. But only a very few of them seemed to make it their business to get people out of the sea. But what puzzled me most was the fact that though all of them had been rescued at one time or another from the sea, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it. Anyway, it seemed the memory of its darkness and danger no longer troubled them at all. And what seemed equally strange and perplexing to me was that these people did not even seem to have any care. That is, any agonizing care about the poor perishing ones who were struggling and drowning right before their very eyes many of whom were their own husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, and even their own children. Right, so that's just, it's a little picture of the vision that William Booth had that ended up bringing about the Salvation Army. Right, and that's an example of, of what a vision can look like and how God can speak to us through visions, through dreams, how God can show us things of what are going to come. You know, I know there, there are individuals here in our church who have shared dreams with me of things God has shown them. You know, there, there are, are dreams and, and visions that God has, has shown me in my life of different things that are to come. And so um, I, I know sometimes to some people, they, it can sound weird, but don't let it freak you out. Don't let it scare you. Instead, I, I believe it, it, it should amaze us. Because why? We serve a supernatural God who moves and works in supernatural ways. He speaks to us in supernatural ways. And at the same time, keep in mind that any vision or any dream that you have or that you hear from somebody else, what do you do? You always check it against Scripture. 
Anything that you ever hear or see or someone shares with you, that includes me, anything that I share, always check it against what Scripture says. Because again, Scripture is God's Word. It's inerrant. It's without flaw. It's perfect. Amen. Right? So always check it against God's Word. So again, maybe your question is, is I don't know how to differentiate between God's voice and other voices. Next week, we're going to talk about that. So as we walk through these five different ways that God speaks to us, I hope that you've been both encouraged, but maybe challenged in a way to say, you know what? I've never thought about the way that God speaks to me through other people, or maybe through my circumstances, or maybe um, through God's Word, or maybe through the impressions of the Holy Spirit, or maybe through the dreams or visions I do. Maybe I, I, I haven't understood or, or, or knew that was God who was speaking to me in those ways. It's okay. I want to encourage you now to open up your mind to, to the, the possibility that God is speaking to you in those ways. That you realize that God is speaking to you. Also, I hope you've been challenged to, to become more in tune with God's voice and consider the different ways that He can speak to you. Right? Because the reality is, is the way that God speaks to you may be different than the way that He speaks to somebody else. And so, just because God simply speaks to somebody else one way doesn't mean it's going to be the same way you. So this morning as we wrap up, I'm going to close this out in prayer. So Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather together here in your house. God, as, as we, we look to your word, as we look to scripture, Father, we look to, to gain understanding, Father, and learning how to hear your voice. God, we know you speak to us. Uh, God, you speak to us in a multitude of different ways. Many are very simple and, and, and sometimes they're so simple, we, we forget that it's even you speaking to us. And sometimes it's very drastic, and, and it's very obvious to us. And God, I pray that you would help us to understand and recognize and hear your voice, whether it's in the simplest of ways or in, in the most drastic and obvious of ways. God, I pray that you would help us to be able to understand what is your voice versus what is other voices. God, I pray that you would help us to be in tune with your voice. God, not only that we would hear it, but God, that we would choose to follow your voice when we hear it. Just as Jesus talked about being the great shepherd and sheep knowing the shepherd by his voice and following the shepherd. God, I pray that we would continue to follow you by your voice. So God, as you lead and direct us, not only as a church, not only as a body, but God, as family, as individuals, God, I pray that we would hear your voice and we would follow your voice and your leading and your directing in our lives. God, we thank you again for who you are. And God, I pray now as we go out, God, that you would help us and, and, and encourage us. God, give us the confidence and the boldness, God, to be a witness to those around us. Father, as we discussed today, one way that you speak to us is, is through people. And so, God, I pray today that in this week to come, you give us opportunities, God, to speak your word or just to speak, speak through us to other people, we pray, Lord, that we can be an encouragement and a help to others around us. God, we just pray for those opportunities. God, help us to hear and receive from others who you are speaking through to us. And so be with us now as we go out. God, keep us safe as, as we travel and gather together with family and friends over this Labor Day weekend. God, that we may uh, bring honor and glory to you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.